Hello, welcome back to Let's Talk Tottenham. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic day and Boxing Day. And I'm quite pleased as well that Tottenham finally gave us a present this year. Uh, Christmas present, a bit of a delayed one in the form of the uh, win against Brighton. Uh, came a little bit late, obviously. The first half was fairly horrendous still. Second half with Lucas Moura essentially turning it round with his endeavour, uh, trying to take people on and make something happen. Uh, and others following suit, uh, that becoming infectious for other people to carry that on. Uh, and two really good goals. Um, still don't look too assured at the back, but still early days with Mourinho. We just need to keep getting the wins because we've got Liverpool coming up in three games time, which based on their current form, we ain't going to do anything with that. But uh, the Brighton game, a lot to discuss. How we went down to 10 men, possibly even nine is anyone's guess. Um, other than that, job done. Uh, so let's talk Tottenham. So first things first, the first half, as I'm sure we're all aware because we've watched the game, was same old, same old, absolutely terrible. Again, uh, no pace, no movement, no creativity. It was all very side to side, all nice and neat. Although Dele Alley, apart from his goal in the game, I thought was absolutely terrible. He can't pass the ball five metres these days. But he took his goal really well and everyone says that how great he played. I thought he was absolutely awful, generally. Uh, there was one bit in the second half, like Sessignon started off really well, making runs. He was unlucky with the ball that came put in because he made the run there. There was another one that he put in and then he suddenly just stopped, whether that was because the balls weren't coming to those areas or, or, or what. I don't, I don't really know, but he just suddenly stopped. But there was an, a bit in the second half where Ali had the ball on the left, Sessignon was on the... Uh, was it touchline, I think it's called, uh, which, which if Sun was there, Ali would have given him the ball pretty much instantly. Um, but Ali held on to it, held on to it, and then passed it inside. If that was Sun, it would have been given to him instantly. He's one-on-one -on -one with the defender, and then he takes him on. So whether Sessignon wasn't calling for it or, or, or what the situation was, I'm not sure. But normally that would be passed to the winger there to make something happen. So he started well, Sessignon. Um, but yeah, people seem to be ignoring him or not passing to him when normally the, the ball would be passed to that area. Um, I mean, it doesn't help that he, he doesn't really play that much. But he looked good against Bayern, you know, taking people on, really, really going for it. Um, and yeah, this game he kind of drifted in and then drifted out pretty much as soon as... He drifted in. Um, but yeah, like the, the passing was very slow, very like pedestrian, and it's easy to defend against that. Very easy to defend against if you're a, a, a right team. You've got your two banks of four, whatever the banks are, and you just shift along as the ball shifts along with, with the game. Uh, the goal... Talk that it was a dive, which it didn't look like he really touched in winks, but stupid going in for that kind of challenge when he's just running down the side. All he's going to do is put the ball in the box. He's got no runners there because it's not a free kick or, or, or anything like that. Uh, so there's no real danger. So there's no reason for him to dive in. Uh, but diving in, you know, the way he did dive in, it looked like a foul in real time. It's only the replays that looked like it wasn't. It's a stupid decision. Stupid decision. Um, but with the goal, if you're, you're marking zonal, which it looks like we are, 
and you've got someone who has a two two meter run, they're always going to get. And, and he was fairly tall bloke as well. Brighton have got some fairly tall players. I think Burn is six foot seven or some kind of giant like that. But if they've got a run like that, it's going to be very very difficult to stop them because their momentum's going to make them jump and make them higher than someone who's taller than them anyway. If that person is just stood still. Um, and yeah, it's just very poor, very poor decision making from Winks. He's usually better than that, I thought. Um, I thought Gazaniga and Oria played quite well, based on the the absolute horror show and ridiculousness that was the the, the game against Chelsea with Oria not paying attention to the first goal and then uh, you know Gazaniga trying out for the Olympic. Kung Fu or, or kickboxing team. Um, so I thought he played quite well. Um, didn't really have to do much in the first half. There was nothing he could do with the goal. Uh, I can't remember him having many saves to make in the first half. It was more the second half with the, the free kick where Wink should have been sent off. I mean, there's no... That, that second challenge, which is exactly the same as the first one, diving in, whether he caught him, whether he didn't, again, is is debatable but he's gone diving in he's on a yellow card it's got to be more sensible there absolutely stupid absolutely stupid and how he wasn't sent off because that was a, a dead cert yellow he was out of control and he, he he came diving in and storming in it was an absolute dead cert yellow and I have no idea how they didn't give that I mean it, it, it's a possible red card isn't it so that's what VAR surely is there for absolutely ridiculous and then Mourinho does what you know, anyone would do in that situation instantly takes him off. But the free kick was a good save from Gazaniga. It was a nice height for him. Yes, it was close to him. Yes, but it was fired at him and through a wall and a crowd of players. So he must have saw it late. So it was a good save and he punched it to the side. There was one save actually in the first half, uh, a low shot, which he did really well there because he pumped that to the side rather than straight down the middle like uh, the keeper did for Kane's goal he, he palmed it to the side out of danger and then we get to regroup again in the center so i think that was very pleased that was very pleasing for me that he was back to playing well there i still still think we need a new goalkeeper because i still don't think the two are up to it but he did play well in this game Orbia as well uh, going down the right very good touch for ali's goal uh, and looked to threat again um but Brighton aren't going to be like the Chelsea teams, the Liverpool teams and, and the United teams away from home who are going to attack you and bombard you down the wing. So that that's, you know, he, he's far better going forward, I think, than defending. But that's like a lot of fullbacks these days. Speaking of the Chelsea game as well, how disappointing is that game now that, that you know, they have a really good result against us, albeit we didn't turn up at all. So it's made easy for them. And then against Southampton, who are struggling at home after a good win against their rivals, they go and lose. We could be six points clear now if we'd have beaten Chelsea. Very, very disappointing. And, you know, they're a young team, they're, they're, they're a relatively inexperienced team, I guess, and an inexperienced manager. But to lose to a team who then go and lose to Southampton is just really poor. But we should really have been six points behind that fourth with them beating Southampton, but to lose to them now, but looking at that is so disappointing. And if we'd have just turned up for that game, 
we'd have beaten them because we're a better team than them. And it's just typical Tottenham, though, isn't it? Like, great situation, great situation. Let's just mess it up and just make it difficult for ourselves. And, and again, that's what we've done. And just, oh, so frustrating. Marine, people like Mourinho must be tearing their hair out, you know. Does his team talk or whatever? The players should be motivating themselves for teams like Chelsea. And, and you know, the, the only player in that game, like I said, who played well, I thought, and showed a bit of endeavour and, and effort was Sanchez, who, again, yesterday, yeah, you can criticise him for the goal, but as I've said, it's the, it's the run. So it's got to be someone who blocks that run off, you know, stands in front of that player. So he, he's got to either stop and then start his run again. So he's only got a little tiny run. Or we can't run it and, and head it at all. So that, that that's the people in front of the defenders there. Or I, I guess you could argue the defenders should be saying to someone in front and block him off, he's running. But other than that, I thought Sanchez played really well again. He's looking solid at the moment. Uh, against top teams, I, I would imagine he, he might kind of a little bit unstuck because I still think he's, uh, you know, because he's this young defender, he needs someone like an out of to to kind of, telling the line to play and, and defensive line and, and when to step up and when to step back. But he, he seems to be, to me anyway, looking like one of our best defenders at the moment, or possibly our best defender. So either he makes interceptions, he's quick, which is the only criticism I think you can label at Toby. He's not quick and, and Tongan as well, not quick. Uh, he's, he's big, strong in the air. He stopped this, uh, letting the ball bounce. Uh, although he did it once, I'll, I'll give uh, the, the the naysayers on Sanchez that he did it once and he got lucky because the ball bounced in front of him and he saw it and then passed it back to Gazaniga, which uh, a better striker there, a, a more tenacious striker would have put him under a lot more pressure. But uh, that aside, he's looking solid, he's looking confident, uh, and I, I like him. I think he's the future for us in that in that position. Uh, when Vertonghen and Alderweireld either leave or, or retire. You need someone to come in and you can't just have someone from the youth like a fourth. If he doesn't play, you've got to have someone who's used to playing there. So he reminds me a lot of uh, Michael Dawson. Michael Dawson, when he started, was good, but he needed Ledley King or Jonathan Woodgate to kind of tell him the line to play, when to step up, when to step off. And then when they were forced to retire or left, he was the one who became the leader. So Sanchez reminds me of that. And, and hopefully he can be a leader because, he, as I say, he's got ev he's got everything you need as a defender. Like the pace, power, reading of the game, big, strong. He just needs to know when to do things and when not to do things. But that will come from experience. Uh, and then can't uh, the the whole game hinged, I think, and changed on Mora. So if we can get more of that, more of that second half. Because he changed the game. But I mean, people saying, uh, I don't get how uh, the Celso gets so much praise on Twitter. I really don't. Like, he had a good 10-minute cameo, but that's about it. But that was after Mora changed the game. And, and, you know, he looked quite good, the Celso, taking people on and then passing it out wide and, and spreading the play. It didn't really amount to anything. Uh, it's not all his fault, like Sessegnon. He doesn't really get any game time. So I'd like to see him get the start in the Norwich game. And, and for Mourinho to put the starting lineup out that should be winning the game and should be going for the game, so Ericsson as well. Uh, 
But he had some nice touches, nice good things, fairly positive, but he didn't really do anything. And then Erickson come on. And then I don't think I saw him again in the game. So I'm not sure where he gets all this massive, massive praise when he had a fairly good 10 minutes, but that's it. And then Moore gets all criticism, you know. You know, he's a hero for me just because that Ajax game, that second leg with that hat trick. But I do, I do get the point that um, he doesn't really do much in other games. He has a good game maybe once a month, once every two months. But this was one of them, certainly in the second half. He was the one who made the change and, and changed our fortunes just by his tenacious and extra effort and, and willing to try something new. We weren't creating anything. We were just going side to side again. So he took it upon himself to try and take people on, try and make something happen, try and be positive. Uh, and then he gets his luck. We get the luck that, that comes from that with, with Kane's goal, you know, a couple of ricochets there, which in the first half would have gone Brighton's way because we didn't deserve the luck. But just by sheer persistence and trying, you get your luck. And, you know, it then spurred the rest of the team on, you know. Kane gets that goal and all of a sudden we're closing down, the whole team are closing down like Liverpool do, like packs. You know, someone's got the ball on, on the right and then there's three people around him and we win the ball. And it, it all started from Mora. So without Mora, that wouldn't have happened. So I, th I think he does get some criticism and, and rightly so sometimes, but he deserves a lot of praise for this game. Um, and then obviously Ericsson comes on the ball for the second goal. Fantastic. And, the, you know, Ericsson doing what only Ericsson in our squad can do. So I've waffled on there for a little bit. So we'll have a little bit of a half-time little break uh, and then talk about the Moore effect, uh, Ericsson effect and the Norwich game uh, when I come back. Uh, another must-win game, that and the Southampton away game afterwards. For the Liverpool game, we need six points there because I can't see us getting anything against Liverpool. But, you know, Tottenham do surprise you. But, yeah, we'll talk about all of that when we come back. Back in a bit. And we're back. So I was a little sad to see Moore going off for 75 minutes. I thought he deserved a goal. Um, but I'm hoping, because we've got a game in two days, that was... Uh, Mourinho saying, right, you're starting in two days' time, go have a rest. Uh, and then hope he can perform that kind of second half again, that tenacious and, and just battling and, and just nipping at the heels uh, in, in, in that game as well. Uh, against the Norwich team, who are really struggling now, bottom of the league. So we've, we've got to keep that struggle going for them and just be ruthless and get that win. Uh, the other player who was missing, it was good to see Lamella back on the bench. Um a bit of a bull in the china shop and he's got some injury problems so how long he'll last before he's injured again I don't know but the big question was where was Ndombele there's talk on Twitter that he was injured again talk that he wasn't injured talk that he didn't want to play because fearful of injuries and if it's that that is ludicrous absolutely ludicrous um just Shambolic from someone who costs 65 million and gets paid God knows what. But let's not count our chickens yet. Let's not assume the worst. Um, but he, he, even if he does play, he can only last like half an hour before he's absolutely knackered. Some, someone I saw said he's got some disease potentially where he's got ridiculously small red blood cells, so it makes athletes tired easily, which could be the case. But you'd, you'd hope with the, the you know technology that these clubs use and everything and how medicals are performed that that would come up. 
And plus, he played every game, and you know, he played the whole game against Man City in the Champions League, and played for every Leon game last year. So it could be the case, but hopefully not, and it would have come up. But there's something not right there. Would you know? Every time we see him, like the Chelsea game, he was one standout player other than Sanchez for me that made stuff happen. But he was only on the pitch for 24 minutes. Um. So yeah. So. I'm hoping as well he was just rested, just rested, and he'll start in a Norwich game. But I don't think Mourinho knows his best team. Like you know, we we obviously played so much better. Obviously, more changed the game by then, but we had so much more. Like that that second goal would not have happened if Ericsson wasn't on the pitch. You know, the Celso, as I say, did look positive, but it was only a ten-minute cameo spell that he he really affected the game. So it's hard to tell whether he would have changed the game. More would definitely change the game. Um, but Ericsson, like, why is he not starting? It quite obvious from 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 those balls and the way he celebrated. He, he still wants to play for us while he's still there. He obviously wants to leave for free, and that's going to happen. I think. I don't think anyone's going to come in for him, unfortunately. So I think we will lose him for free. But he obviously wants to play for us while he's still there, and he's still putting a shift in. And those two balls for the goal, the one out left to Mora and then the one to Aurea, only he and our team can do that. So when he does leave, like January, what we need is a playmaker of the same ilk as Ericsson. We need a like for like, because otherwise you get what you what you get in the first half, where it's too slow, you've got no one who passes the ball. The only one who did was, was Winks for the Kane goal that was offside, which, I mean, no VAR. That doesn't get given because there's no way of showing that. Um, but it was offside based on that law, so you can't really complain, I guess. Um, but again, it just showed if you make a run, someone will find you. But with you know, without Eric's on the pitch, people are hesitant to make runs because they just see him as a waste of time. Um, so people don't do them which is a, a bit of a shame. Uh, and then Ericsson comes on and everyone wants to run because they know that he can be found. So starting against Norwich, just see what he can do. Right. Him for Bale, swapping him for Bale would be good in terms of a nostalgia point of view, but it's not going to change anything because Bale's not a playmaker. So you still would have the problem of getting the ball to Bale in the first place. Um, Kane, Talk on match of the day about the elbow, you know, and yeah, match of the day doing that because they don't talk about social media stuff as much. But the wink sending off as, as much as more would change the game, sending off would have changed it as well. And and how he wasn't sent off, as I've said, beggars belief. When you got VAR there, which unbelievable. And as I said, the the goal that Brighton scored, maybe it was a dive, wasn't a foul, but VAR should have looked into that. But he shouldn't have been diving in. Uh, Ali as well, lucky to stay on the pitch with that jump up where he wasn't even looking at the ball and he's basically smashed the guy's head with his ass. Absolutely fucking stupid. Again, and, and Sissoko having a go at someone. I can only think that's possibly racism there because he said something to him, although don't quote me on that because I don't want to accuse anyone of racism if it's not, but he seemed to be very, very angry about something that was pretty much nothing. Um, but yeah, the, the, the wink sending off, they didn't even talk about that on match of the day, but that would have massively changed the game. And then, you know, 
And it did change the game because he then comes off for Ericsson, who sets up the second goal. Uh, but Kane, other, other than the little elbow which he had, I'll put elbow in inverted commas, he did get hit, but not enough to go down like that, which players all do that now. I guess you could argue that Rudiger did that with a son sending off. Um, but other than that, it was a brilliant, certainly second half, brilliant captain performance. You know, chasing everything down, defending, attacking, taking people on. But would he have done that had Morva not been doing that like 20 minutes before? My answer, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But his, his goal was fantastic. He took his, both of his goals very well. I know the first one didn't get uh, counted. Uh, got chalked off rather. Um, but yeah, the sec, the sec, the goal he did score and was counted. Brilliant improvisation. Uh, he got lucky, with, but Morva deserved that luck, and we deserved that luck because of Morva. So how it fell to Kane. It was a good first save. He hit it hard. Not normally like Kane. It was in the air and not in the corner. But it's a good reaction save. But then the reaction of Kane afterwards to readjust himself as he's falling back to volley that hard low into the corner. It's just, you know, absolutely fantastic. And then rather than celebrating, arms in the air, come on, get to that to the centre circle. We need to win here. You know, that's the sign of a, a, a somebody who wants to win as well. But you look at Bamiang, away to Bright, uh, Bournemouth with time to win, goes jumping into the fans, one all, you know, you're Arsenal, you're a team who should be looking to get Champions League football, you know, just shows the difference between those two strikers and levels. And people say that Aubameyang's better than Kane, who I have no idea who's saying this kind of nonsense because that, that's what it is, nonsense. Uh, but yeah, Kane, come on, back. To, you know, And then he had a hand in the second goal as well, laying it off to Ericsson, who's in space. Uh, brilliant finish by Ali, but like I've said, you know, he couldn't pass the ball, Ali. He was misplacing passes, controls all over the place. I think he's much better instinctively because that was an instinctive finish. The same as the Man United game and that Crystal Palace wonder strike a few years ago. But I, I think part of it as well, not all his fault. He wasn't playing in the position that is best suited to him. His best position is behind Kane. So he, he's got license to then go forward, pass Kane, make his runs. Because I think he's much better off the ball like when in those situations than he is on trying to dictate play and everything like that. I think he's so much better when he's able to run, make late runs, make runs into space, pick someone out instinctively rather than try and like dictate the pace of a game like an Ericsson and a playmaker does. I don't think he's that kind of player. So it's not all his fault, not all his fault. Um, but yeah, it's good that he got a goal. So he, even though he's playing terribly, in my opinion anyway, he's still affecting games in a positive way by getting his goal. So I guess you can't really criticise that. But yeah, Kane, proper captain performance there. Certainly in that second half, getting fouls and, you know, gets a hug for Mourinho as well. Um, and now on to Norwich two days later and then three days later, the um, Southampton game which are must-win games. Southampton is going to be really tricky away from home because they're on fire at the moment. Norwich struggling. We need to start off quick there. Start off really quick. Don't give them a moment's peace and then 
state our intentions pretty quickly. But for that, we need the team that finished the second half or, or, or a team similar to that, not the team who started the first half. You've got Sissoko and Winks injured. So you're going to have to start, you know, Die will start that. So you're going to have to have someone in there, either an Undombele, an Ericsson, a La Celso or a Melo, I think, which could be a blessing in disguise because all, all of those are more of attacking and, and more creative than... I love Winks, but he's not particularly creative. He, he, he's a bit of a driver, but not as much as a Ndombele or Sissoko. Uh, and he can pass a, a ball occasionally, like he did for Kane's offside goal, but not consistently enough. Um, and, yeah, it's, we, we've got to start creatively with an attacking team, not this defensive-minded team, I think. So hopefully that's what will happen. Um, and then we can get the win there and then move on to Southampton with two get wins under our belt, full of confidence, and beat Southampton. And then you never know with a Liverpool game, you know. I mean, we said it in the Arsenal Invincible season, they'll have to lose eventually, but they never did. So it could be the same with Liverpool, but I would be saying they've got to lose eventually. Why not us? You know, make a real statement after two awful results against top teams. Let's go, go on a run now and get that top four sorted. Uh, and finally, as well, it was reported that Mourinho's dog died on Christmas Day, which is absolutely awful, which would explain why he, he didn't look particularly happy. Uh, but what I want to talk about with that is, is some of the comments on Twitter, which were, no wonder Sun wasn't playing. Obviously, the stereotype that he's from a career and they eat dogs. Now, that is casual racism, but it's racism. So... There were a few comments I saw on that. I don't know if they were Tottenham fans or not. One of them was a Man United fan. I know that, but you know, but Man United, you know, they've had racism against uh, uh, Pogba and Rashford and uh, the, the Manchester derby. I think it was Fred, you know, and they'll be moaning about that. So you, you can't moan about like blatant racism and then be okay with casual racism because it's racism. You know, it, it's not like a you know. Well, it's all right in this example, but not in that example. It's racism, you know, and and that's part of the problem as well. Like it becomes like banter and stuff like that, and and that's what Gary Neville's talking about with the political parties and the the uh, you know general election. So that's got to stop it. And it's just, I mean, the guy's dog has died as well, you know. Show a bit of compassion, show a bit of respect for, for your fellow person as well, not not racism towards them. Um, yeah, and that's part of the problem. Society deems that okay. But I just wanted to mention that after my little rant about racism last year, uh, last week, sorry. Uh, but, you know, and that was blatant racism. If there are monkey gestures towards him, this is casual racism, but it's the same thing. And that brings me to the end. So, uh, you know, good win. Not the best win, not the, not the easiest one, but a win's a win. Stopped the rot after that Chelsea game. Well, it wasn't really a rot, it was only one game. Uh, so stops that. Uh, puts us in a more positive frame of mind, going away to a struggling Norwich team. Hopefully we can get six points out of six in the last two games. And move on to the Southampton and get nine out of nine, and then who knows with the Liverpool. Um, 
But if, if we do get battered and then Chelsea are still struggling, pick up wins, and hopefully by that time, even a loss will keep us in fourth. Uh, but, you know, play with a positive team. You know, don't, don't go out negative from the start because that that's, sends a bad message to a positive message to the other team that, you know, they're, they're going to sit back so they're there for the taking. But send out a positive team, positive message, take the game to them, you know, get some goal difference up and, you know, get some confidence up. So that's what I'm hoping for that one. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>